This podcast is sponsored by Sky Residences. Experience sky-high possibilities and luxury condos overlooking the Edmonton skyline starting from $330,000. Learn more at liveskycondos.com. 22 minutes past 10 o'clock on the Don Wheaton on White post-game show. Your dealer for Cadillac, Buick, Chevrolet, and GMC. And uh, Hernan Salas is with me. I'm Dean Millard. Welcome to the show. The Boston Pizza Inbox is open at 10, 12, 60. And I think think one of the uh, most common themes and words that will be used tonight to describe the New Jersey Devils 6-3 win over the Edmonton Oilers tonight is embarrassing. I think uh, embarrassing is a word we are going to see quite often tonight in the Boston Pizza Inbox. Never mind the fact that our pregame guest from New Jersey, Corey Manasak, told us that there were three forwards in the lineup tonight that were in the Devils' opening night roster. The rest of the nine forwards were all guys that have been were either injured or on the shelf or AHL call-ups. So there's that fact. Um, the Devils also got pounded by nine goals last night, although that could have motivated them a bit tonight. Here's, here's where it gets really bad if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan. Coming into tonight, the New Jersey Devils had not scored had scored one power play goal in the last 11 games. <laughs> they were 1 for 28 in 11 games on the power play. And uh what did they do tonight against the Edmonton Oilers? Well, they score a power play goal late in the set first period. They score a power play goal somewhat early in the second period. They also had a uh a shorthanded goal to make it even worse and go two for four on the power play. They were one for 28. Now you could say, oh, they were due. Well, whatever. They were, I I really mean no disrespect when I say this, but they were fielding a very strong AHL lineup tonight. Yes. The Oilers should be embarrassed. I know they're, you know, like they're the, the New Jersey Devils are still an NHL hockey team. And they have a very good goalie in Corey Schneider, who has always been good against the Oilers. Goals against average of just over two coming into this lifetime against the Edmonton Oilers. But on paper, this is a game the Oilers should have won. I'm I'm not saying you're guaranteed, because obviously they didn't. And I'm not saying they should have put up nine on this team like Calgary did. But there are very few teams. When they played Ottawa earlier this a little while ago, that jump-started that four-game streak, we said it that night. And, we, and I said it again on the pregame show tonight. The Oilers should have won this game based on roster, based on skill. Mm-hmm. But they didn't execute. Their power play was one for five. And the puck movement in the third period when they started the power play, the period with the power play was god-awful. The goaltending wasn't good enough tonight. The team in front of the goaltending wasn't good enough tonight. Special teams were awful tonight. You go one for four in the power play. Plus, you give up a shorthanded goal, and you give the other team uh, two goals on four chances, a team that had been struggling mightily coming into this game on the power play. The Oilers, like, the the one bright spot tonight was Matt Benning, who was pretty offensive. <laughs> and, you know, their top pairing of Clefbaum and Larson struggled. Oh, yes. 
their um, turnovers uh, weren't that great. Uh, I don't. I just. I don't know that that there is one positive, and that was Matt Benning. Plus the fact that Chicago won already tonight, so they're now two points ahead of you because the Oilers lost. If you're if you're an Oilers fan, and last I looked, the uh, Canucks yeah uh, looks like they're still winning, three one with under two minutes to go in the third period. Uh, so now the Vancouver Canucks go from being you know you you had an opportunity to keep pace with Chicago and go six up on the Canucks and get within four points of a playoff spot. Instead, you fall two points behind Chicago. The Oilers now are only two points up on Vancouver, unless there's a miracle comeback from the Rangers. By the way, 1994 Stanley Cup rematch. (laughs) And now you are still six points back of a playoff spot. So a lot of stuff that was there for the taking for the Edmonton Oilers tonight uh, they 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 were like uh, slipping on a banana peel tonight. It was uh, kind of like Keystone Cops. Like they the opportunity was there. All they had to do was uh, go and grab it. And on the way to do it, they slipped on a banana peel and wiped out. Just like Vince Carter said at the 2000 uh, Slam Dunk competition, it's over. Uh, this is we said it. I was starting to believe, but I said you have to go on another four or five game win streak. And when you lose to the New Jersey Devils, no. Kudos to them. I mean, uh, they all work the orders today with a lot of guys that are AHL guys or young guys that haven't had a cup of uh, coffee yet in the NHL. Kudos to them. They all work the orders. They were the better team. The two power play goals, one shorthanded goal, Dino. Uh, I thought Corey Schneider was fantastic in the third period, but uh, too little, too late once again. Uh, the Oilers' top players, uh, you know, they're not going to be too harsh on McDavid and Dreisaitl, but their top pairing def- defensemen were bad tonight. You got to say it how it is, period. And, uh, you know, Matt Benning, we just got a text about it, but he, he, when he's your best defenseman, you're probably going to, you know, lose more often than you win. I'll say this, though. Uh, I mean, the Oilers, again, is it – did they think they just had too much more much more talent than them? Because they didn't work as hard as New Jersey, and it cost them a huge two points. And for me now, with this loss, it's over, Dean. I mean, they're going into Arizona. Arizona's kind of rolling right now. Um, just not good enough. And – Playoff teams and good teams, Dean, don't lose these games. And the Edmonton Oilers just did, and it wasn't close. It was 6-3. to three. So, I mean, you knew the Devils were going to have a, a better effort than what they had in Calgary losing 9-4, Dean. But this is unacceptable for an Oilers team that should be the more desperate team, and it didn't show tonight. So, uh, disappointment for the Oilers, uh, for sure. Uh, it's been a while since we've... You know, the fans are going to be this disappointed because they have been playing well. But tonight, they took an enormous step back and a big blow to their playoff hopes, Dean. Yeah, this could be it. Like, this could be uh, the game that on um, whatever it is, whether it's uh, April 4th or April 6th, uh, that is their final game against Calgary. Uh, When we are, you know, looking back, and and let's say they're mathematically eliminated by that point, when we look back at the uh, stretch drive. Now, like we said, there's a handful of games we could look back and say this this game cost them, this game cost them, this game. But when this kind of game shows up in the middle of your hot streak, there's like I, I don't know how that happens. Like they went into Toronto, right? And they got blown out. A bad stretch in the second period. Then they go on a run, and even the one loss they had, they didn't play terrible against Toronto. They they I thought they played a pretty decent game. And then you win again. To, to try to, you know, start some uh, momentum again. 
Uh, maybe you wanted to have uh, a couple of wins going into that uh, weekend series with Arizona and Vegas. And you absolutely dropped the ball. Like, they absolutely dropped the ball tonight. And I, I'm really trying not to uh, to belittle somebody when I say this, but it was a large AHL contingent on that roster for the Devils. Now, Corey Schneider is a definitive NHL starting goaltender. Always has played good against the Oilers. Did again tonight. And the Oilers, I'm, you know, they, they hit, hit a few posts early on, and maybe it's different. They did score one power play goal, but their power play after that had no kind of – it didn't jive at all. It was like five individuals instead of a five-man unit, especially in that third period. Zero shots. They start the third period with like a minute and 13 seconds of power play time and no shots when you're down five to three because everybody seemed to be on their own agenda to start that third period power play. Yeah, no, just not enough urgency. And there's quotes coming out from the, the captain, Connor McDavid, right now saying they took him lightly. Uh, they took this game for granted. And shame on you because uh, most of the guys have been in the league for more than one year. And, and you know these kind of games are trap games, Dean. Uh, we saw it a lot last season with these trap games. The Oilers kept losing them. And it's it's a big it's a big loss for the Edmonton Oilers. And it's unacceptable that this team comes out with an effort like that. So I, if for me, it's – I mean, Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl have been fantastic this season. They were, I mean, McDavid had two points, reaches 100 points, Dean. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at it, you have to, you're not going to be too hard on those two guys because they've carried the load for, for much of the season. But not good, not good enough goaltending. Your top 40 struggled mightily in this game, and you didn't get much from your secondary uh, players once again. So uh, 6 3, he lost for the Edmonton Oilers. And you know what it does? Because if you win this game, you can probably drop one of those weekend games, Dean. Now you can. Yeah, I, I'm not sure this team could afford to lose any of those. Like, they probably only had two, maybe three losses left in them in the final 13 games. You couldn't afford to burn one of those in against Jersey. That's what I mean. So you win tonight, say you win in Arizona, and say you you, you lose in yeah, it, like I, yeah, it's I, more I, acceptable, right? I, I think that, that I, like, I was even, even before tonight's game, I was like, yeah, that Vegas game is probably going to be a, a loss. Um, you'd love to get a point out of it. I'm just laughing at the uh, gif that you used. <laughs> On the uh, oh. tweet where the guy, the, yeah. is it a guy or a gal? That's, I think it's uh, a gal, yeah. Pu- pushing the wheelbarrow up and then it tilts and falls, just drops off, looks like a bunch of manure <laughs> on uh, on the head. That is a very, very astute description. Um, the Oilers, you know, not literally, but uh, kind of dumped the manure uh, barrel on their own heads tonight after... Uh, it, it, it's so weird. Like, they give up that first goal. Well, first of all, there's that f- epic fight at the start of this game. Yes. Let, like, let's go back to the start of this game. Epic fight between Curtis Gabriel and Milan Lucic. Like, three minutes into the game. And I'm just checking uh, Milan Lucic now. He played a little bit more in the uh, third period. Uh, he ended up with uh, five shifts in the third period. So he got more ice time as he mm-hmm. went on. But that was a great, great scrap. And it didn't seem like the Oilers got a lift from it at all. And I don't know why that would happen. And then the Devils uh, score. But after that, the Oilers were really good in the first period. They give up that late goal, under 10 seconds to go. And nothing seemed to go their way after that. 
Yeah, no, <laughs> I just got to bring this up. I saw it on Twitter. Dusty retweeted it. Uh, there's a sign that says, playoff dreams are still alive. Let's go, Oilers. And it's in the trash can. Really? At Rogers Place. At Rogers yeah. Place. Yeah. So you can see the mood of the Edmonton faithful after a crushing defeat to the... Uh... That's symbolic, isn't it? Oh, like, man. Is that not, is that not like... Uh... <laughs> Symbolic of after tonight's game, the because you just said it, the, their playoff. You think their playoff hopes are done now, like zero point zero. You think for the playoffs, but it's it, no, but that is. Are, am I? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, I now it's yeah. okay. So if that's, they want, yeah, that what I'm saying is, Oiler fans thinking like that by throwing a sign in the oh, garbage. Definitely, and it's you know it's hard. We both play sports team now. We're not even close to the level of these guys, but you have your Speak off games yourself. and all that. <laughs> But I just don't get how a team is not ready to play in this game. I understand New Jersey is not a sexy team, and a lot of the players on the roster, you probably have to Google them because you don't know where they came from. I get that. But come on, when you're desperate and you're fighting for a playoff spot, you're six points out, you have the easiest schedule of all the remaining teams, and you come out and lay an egg like this against a New Jersey team, that's shame on all the players and the coach. I wouldn't say the coaching staff. That's on the players because you have to come out with a better effort. The power play was atrocious when they had chances to get back in this game. Koskinen was not good, and... Uh, for Anthony Stollers, Dean, I'm not going to be too hard on him. He came in, uh, gives up a, you know. Sure, yeah. What's The I, fifth goal the, and then the shorty. The last guy you're blaming tonight, Exactly. Right? But uh, once again, just not good enough from the, uh, I'm going to be hard on their decor because I thought the top four struggled mightily tonight. All righty. Uh, we will speak with Matt Cassian, our postgame analyst. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll find out what he thought. Uh, I, I think he has to be disappointed as a uh, former pugilist himself, to, to see the lack of lift that that Mila and Lucic fight uh, uh, earned the Edmonton Oilers. So we'll talk with Matt about that. Also, uh, Tom Gazzola's hair will join us on the program at 11.20, and maybe Tom. We might let Tom talk, but mostly it'll be about uh, hair. We have your highlight, low light of the night, fake locker room sound. We'll hear from the Edmonton Oilers, and we are looking for your hashtags of the game. By the way, you can... Send us your Great Clips mystery player guesses. Uh, We threw that out there for you on the pregame show. And uh, simple question of the night. Is this it for the Edmonton Oilers? Was tonight the end of the Oilers' playoff hopes? Simple. 10-12-60. Tell us yes, no, and a little bit about why. Text us at 10-12-60. The Boston Pizza Inbox was tonight the end of the Oilers' playoff chances. This is the Don Wheaton on White postgame show, your dealer for Cadillac, Buick, Chevrolet, and GMC on TSN 1260 Edmonton's Sports Leader. 1042, thank you very much for being a part of the Don Wheaton on White postgame show, your dealer for Cadillac, Buick, Chevrolet, and GMC on uh, TSN 1260. This is a uh, Wednesday evening edition, uh, a night where the Edmonton Oilers losing 6-3. And not just losing, but losing badly uh, to a very inexperienced, banged-up New Jersey team. And uh, it's like the Oilers were the cure for everything that ailed the Devils. A, they, they got pounded last night and they win tonight. Their power play hadn't sco- had one goal in 11 games, a 1-for-28 span. They go 2-for-4. They keep the Oilers off the score sheet four out of five times and score a shorthanded marker. Like, it just, it, it, like everything blew up in the face of the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Uh, how about this text message? 
if the team doesn't care, why should we? And now Oilers fans are back down in the dumps. And how can you blame them after tonight's contest? Let's bring in our post-game analyst, Matt Cassian. And there's no gimmies. There's no for sures. But this was pretty close to a game that the Oilers should have won tonight when you looked at the lineups. Yeah, it really was. You look at the lineups and it's, you know, a tired AHL team versus uh, NHL team that, um, you know, that's been playing quite well, but that's not the way, not the way it panned out. Um, I, I don't think Edmonton did enough early on to assert themselves. Um, you know, it, it ends up being, I think, a situation where you let a team score first on you, you let a team feel comfortable uh, of young players, and um, New Jersey started to believe that they could win the hockey game, and then uh, and then they did. I want to ask you, as a guy who you know played the role as a tough guy in the National Hockey League, when you see Milan Lucic and Curtis Gabriel have that kind of a fight three minutes into the game. Um, I'm I'm surprised, and, and I really loved how Gabriel thanked Lucic while in the in the press box, showing some respect to the veteran. But you know that that the Oilers I thought would have got more of a boost out of that, and yet the Devils scored the first goal. Now the Oilers played a good first period after that first Devils goal, but it didn't seem like they got much of a boost from that fight. No, the Devils almost seemed to, and I don't think you know you, you don't put that on Milan Lucic. It's up no. to the team to respond. I mean, that was a that was a heck of a fight. It was pretty fun to watch. Um, uh, I I certainly enjoyed it. So I uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I think probably for Lucic, where he feels like he stepped out to try to do something for the team and to try to get everyone going, and and they just didn't respond to that. Like it just still seemed fairly flat and uh, and New Jersey managed to keep their jump and again, they managed to hang around in that game long enough to have some confidence and to eventually uh, win the hockey game. Matt Cassian is joining us, former NHLer. He is our pre and post game analyst. This is the Don Wheaton on White post game show. Just a really quick side note. I, I really love that Curtis Gabriel uh, actually thanked Lucic in the box. Did you ever have a moment like that where you, you, you fought someone who was an established guy and either you, you, you know said thanks uh, after the fight in the box after the game? Did you ever have a moment like that? Yeah, one of my first ones actually would have been with Jody Shelley. Um, you know, I, I don't think it, it went great for him in the actual fight, but it was a moment when we were losing at home in Minnesota against Philadelphia. It was, I think, my second NHL fight, maybe my third. Uh, so it wasn't very many into that. And, uh, you know, he gave me the opportunity to try to step up and um, um, make a difference in the game. It, you know, we got some jump from it, but at the end of the day, we still we still lost that game. But I appreciated it in the moment as a young mm-hmm. guy trying to uh, make a statement. So I, uh, I, you know, gave him the old thank you and nod afterwards. Yeah, paying it forward as, uh, as guys do in this league. Okay, so this game. Um, it, it was weird. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers had uh, some jump in the first period, uh, but then the rest of the game, the, the Devils really played well. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what percentage you would put it on, uh, either Miko Koskinen or the team in front of him. I'd say maybe 50-50, uh, maybe a little bit more on Koskinen. I'm not sure, but he wasn't great. But I didn't think that the Oilers made it tough on the Devils to score goals tonight either. 
Well, he was leaky, and the Oilers, I don't think, really challenged. Um, as a whole, this was the worst game for the defensive unit since uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, since Clefbaum and um, uh, came back from injury from his fing- finger injury, uh, and since Sekera came back from his uh, Achilles injury. That really is the you know I don't think Sekera was the issue tonight. I think you know that that top pairing, particularly Larson Clefbaum, struggled as a whole. But it was just a, it was a leaky game from them and a leaky game from the goaltenders as well. Uh, Stolarz not as much as Koskinen, but uh, pucks that went in or that shouldn't go in went in. Uh, uh, you just case in point, look at the Quenville goal from outside the uh, face-off yeah. circle. Like goals cannot go in from that angle. Like you cannot have those goals go in, especially in a game like this where uh, every little thing gives that young team that got absolutely whooped yesterday a little bit more confidence and helps them feel a little bit more secure. Uh, and uh, it just it wasn't. It wasn't the type of night to have your goalie be leaky. Like some games you can you can manage to get by with that. Today wasn't one of those games. Uh yeah, and 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 the combination of Koskin and Leakey and the team in front of them just uh, imploding at times. I mean, our uh, nurse or not nurse Clefbaum and Larson, they really, really struggled in this game. And Ken Hitchcock, we'll hear from him a little bit later, uh, was asked if uh, Benning Sekera was the best pairing. And he said, yeah, and that's not a good thing. And, um, you know, th- that stretches out to to the power play. That power play that they had in the third period was atrocious. It was like five guys out for, themsel- out for themselves instead of a five-man unit. I actually thought at some point they should have just thrown Benning on the first power play unit because he was playing the best from the blue line. Well, you'd you'd like to put him out there, and I would agree with you that it wasn't a very good power play. But you can't really because you have the guys out there that have had success. Mm-hmm. And it's like you need to give them that opportunity because the you know the likelihood of them actually doing something is you know, is a little bit higher. But you're you know you're playing with a, with fire a little bit on that. Uh, yeah, I I completely agree. You know, there there it wasn't even close. I don't think in terms of Benning and Secker being the best too. Like they were far and away the best too. Like it wasn't. It wasn't close. It was a tough night for some of those other guys. And uh, I think a little bit stifling for them as a whole where it, it seemed to be that everything they tried, like just nothing was working, nothing was working. And then New Jersey just started to sit back and sit back and uh, sit back even more like a, like a, a Jacques Lemaire type defense. And then everyone just collapsed to the front of the net. And they just, it's like that shinny hockey where, you know, you, you have five guys standing within a three feet of the crease. Uh, and then everyone on the other team, is just afraid to start shooting the puck because they don't want to break any ankles. Yeah, and then on the uh, so the the Oilers power play struggled, and they weren't any better shorthanded. Uh, they give up two power play goals, and then of course on their own power play late in the game they give up a a shorthanded goal. So you know special teams atrocious for the Oilers tonight. They did score once early in the game, but not good enough against a team that had one power play goal in its previous twenty eight chances. I guess you could say they were due, but the Oilers, uh, just uh, just special teams, one of the reasons that this game was thrown away. Yeah, I don't really necessarily believe in that whole thought of, you know, they were due for one. Like, I don't think that factors at all. What all, you know, They are either going to have success in the power play because they execute and you don't. Uh, or because you just don't execute and you give them what, what whatever they need to have that success. And for Edmonton, um, I don't know if they pressured well 
on the penalty kill this game. Like they've done a, a little bit of a better job recently of being able to have good pressure. But one of the one of the things I look for, and 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 uh, you know, I, I actually think this transcends a little bit on the the penalty kill, but also into their five on five play. And that they've had some problems with line changes recently, and they've had some problems in the neutral zone, um, uh, uh, secondary to that, where uh, there have been some bad changes and they haven't been able to recover. And if you think even on the one power play goal where you see Zach Cassian pointing, 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 but a change is going on. It doesn't happen in time. And then there's just a scramble and uh, Cassian ends up trying to kind of push across and, and leaving the uh, the uh, the weak side defenseman open who's able just to walk in and bomb one that probably should have been saved, but a step into one nonetheless. Like it just seems like they're, they're or in a game like this one, they weren't able to find good positions to pressure and they struggled a little bit through the neutral zone. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I'm not trying to uh, soothe anybody, but the only two bright spots, and, and there were two bright spots. One is McDavid gets to 100 points, which means very little to him right now, I'm sure. And the other was Matt Benning, as I, I mentioned it before. Uh, he's actually, I think, has three points in his last two games. Uh, one, he makes a, just a, a simple play by putting it on net, and they get a bounce. And the other one was an absolute rip job on uh, on a one-timer. So... I, I, it doesn't mean much right now, but it is nice to see Matt Benning, uh, you know, play as well as he did offensively tonight. Oh, I'm sure he feels good about it and, and feels good about how he was probably the best defenseman or in the best defensive pairing for Edmonton on the ice. Um, you know, I had a conversation with some guys the other day uh, about Matt Benning and about, you know, what what the outlook is for him moving forward with the way the roster shaping up and the players that they have in the minors. And I think some of it's still up in the air, but I still have faith that he is a, he's a quality NHL defenseman, especially in that, you know, in that five, six uh, pairing where he's a, he's got some skill there still, and he's got a shot and we haven't seen it a lot in the power play, but we've seen him at times have some success there. And, and you know what? He's actually put together a decent year this year. Like he's been fairly consistent for as much as the team has struggled uh, you know, his defensive play has is, is been just fine. Um, so uh, a good night for him uh, in that. And so if we're looking at positives, it certainly is uh, one of the things that we can take from here. All right, our question of the night, it's uh, pretty simple. Was tonight the end of the Oiler playoff hopes? You and I talked in the pregame show about how many games they actually can afford to lose and you just couldn't afford to burn one of those losses on the Devils tonight. So do you, what do you think? Was tonight the end of the Oilers' playoff hopes? Well, no, because you can still win out and you can still win the rest. Like there's, you know, I, I give them one more loss and maybe one overtime loss before before I'll write them off. But it it really hurts. You know, it was a, one of the game in hand, so I think mentally it hurts. Uh, and then it was a, a team you should beat, which which hurts on the gameplay side. Like it is, a, a, you know, a, a banged up team that got absolutely destroyed yesterday by uh, by Calgary. You should be able to beat this hockey club, and there's going to be some more difficult games down the road and you like to think that you could give up one of those as opposed to this one all righty uh well the next one is uh, uh massive if they want a chance of getting into the playoffs because it's in it's against the team that is in that playoff spot right now and that being the uh, arizona coyotes that's on uh, saturday night we will chat with you then on the pregame show and who knows how far the oilers are out by then because uh, the coyotes uh, play tomorrow night uh, thanks for joining us tonight matt not a problem, Dean. Chat with you later. You betcha. There's uh, Matt Cassie and our pre- and post-game analyst. Uh, this is how it looks as far as the uh, standings. 
uh, really quickly in the Western Conference wild card. Uh, Dallas didn't play tonight. They're at 77 points in the first wild card spot. Uh, Arizona didn't play tonight. They're at 75 points in the second wild card spot. Minnesota didn't play tonight. They're at 74 points in third. Colorado didn't play tonight. They're at 72 points. Chicago won tonight. They move into uh, fifth place alone, 71 points. Uh, the Oilers are in sixth at 69, and the Canucks, who won tonight, are at 67. So uh, the Edmonton Oilers, they blow a chance to get within two wins of a playoff spot, keep pace with Chicago, and uh, stay four points ahead of uh, Vancouver. All of that falls apart in a loss to the New Jersey Devils, so they remain six points out of a playoff spot, and they used up their game in hand on uh, Arizona, Minnesota, Colorado. Uh, Dallas has a game in hand on the Oilers, and uh, Vancouver and Chicago have played the uh, same amount of games. So, you know, the the game was bad enough, Hernan. Then when you uh, look at the standings, it gets even worse tonight. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It truly does. And a huge game tomorrow, Dallas at Minnesota. Um, I think Arizona's Arizona uh, plays in uh, uh, Anaheim tomorrow. Anaheim. Anaheim tomorrow. So I mean, two big games, three teams right there uh, chasing that spot. It's gonna be interesting to watch these games, see what happens. I mean, for all your fans, you're hoping for obviously an Arizona loss and that Dallas Minnesota just for one of them to win. Who cares yeah. who it is? Dallas probably right Dallas, because yeah. they're they're in that first spot and they can get as far ahead. As far ahead. At least yeah. Minnesota losing, you could maybe reel them in. I don't know. I don't know what to think. But worst case scenario: Arizona wins. Dallas Minnesota go to extra time. That would be the worst case yeah, scenario. Worst yeah, case yeah, scenario. Worst case scenario for sure. So our question of the night is: Was tonight the end of the Oilers playoff hopes? We also have a bonus question. I'm going to throw out one word to describe tonight's game. Text us at 10-12-60. One word to describe tonight's game. I don't know if you've uh, picked a winner for anything. Uh, by the way, what is the uh, prize package yeah. uh, that we have going? I, and I, like I said, I don't know if you have uh, picked a winner, but uh, let's allow, if you haven't picked a winner yet, let's allow one word to describe tonight's game to uh, factor in to what you're doing. Also looking for hashtags or uh, the answer to was tonight the end of the playoff hopes. Uh, three ways you can win a delicious prize pack tonight. Yeah, for sure. And it's a four-pack of tickets to the Edmonton International's Beer Fest at the Convention Center that goes March 22nd and 23rd. And I haven't selected a winner, but I will in the next 15 minutes. So if I send you a text back, please send me your info because it is getting kind of late. But yeah, we'll throw in the hashtag for uh, one word uh, for the game tonight. And uh, I'll select the winner from all three different, uh, whichever one makes me uh, giggle the most, uh, I'll pick the winner for some Beer Fest tickets. So far, we've got Putrid, uh, Oilers. Uh, pathetic, disheartening, pathetic again, and train wreck so far. Uh, they're all, those are all uh, good. <laughs> it's over is two words, uh, but we'll let that one slide. Uh, that, that's what we're getting so far. I'm surprised embarrassing hasn't showed up. Uh, I'm sure that has in a bunch of the text messages we haven't uh, got to yet. And tons of comments on our Facebook uh, page. Oh, Facebook uh, is working Facebook again? is working, and the question's up there as well. And, uh, yeah, a lot of good ones, a lot of good gifts as well, so. Check it out. Uh, how about this one? Um, actually, we'll get to these uh, as we go along. we got to get to a uh, uh, commercial break. Uh, when we come back, we'll have fake locker room sound, highlight, low light of the night. Tom Gazzola will join us, and we will at some point hear from definitely Ken Hitchcock on uh, this debacle tonight. This is the Don Wheaton on White postgame show. Your dealer for Cadillac, Buick, Chevrolet, and GMC on TSN 1260 Edmonton's Sports Leader. 
Five minutes past 11 o'clock on the Don Wheaton on White post-game show. My name is Dean Millard. As you just heard, Hernan Salas is with us. We're going to get to a fake locker room sound in uh, just one second. We will get to highlight and low light of the night. Uh, you're on low light, so uh, should be plenty for you to choose from tonight, Hernan. I will be on uh, highlight. Uh, we will hear from some uh, members of uh, the Edmonton Oilers, especially Ken Hitchcock. And Tom Gazzola will join us in 15 minutes to recap uh, this one. But uh, it is time for uh, Fake Locker Room Sound. And 99.9% of the time, our secret reporter sends us an oiler blip. Some sort of sound pre-post-game, during the game speech. He has sent us something from the Devils. And listen... It doesn't happen very often where the opposing team wins a game and then taunts their opponent directly. Like, I, I can't think, like, you know, Jalen Ramsey in the NFL, he, he, he kind of taunted a lot of guys in the offseason with that GQ interview. Very rarely, right after a game, have I seen a team taunt the other team in beating them, Ooh. but that's what happened in our fake locker room sound edition tonight. Don't mess with the devil, buddy. We're number one. We beat anybody. We're the devils. The devils. <laughs> Is that Corey? Does that not sound like Corey <laughs> Schneider to you? I love it. Yeah, good. That sounded like Corey Schneider to me, like almost like walking down the tunnel to the dressing room. He just turns to the Oilers and we're the devils. <laughs> like. Corey Schneider turns around to the Edmonton Oilers, walking to the dressing room, and, and gives them this. Don't mess with the devil, buddy. We're number one. We beat anybody. We're the devils. The devils. <laughs> and then he wipes out. Yeah. <laughs> I love the hissing at the end. Yeah. The hissing is great. Uh, listen, there are two teams I, I look forward to when it comes to a fake locker room sound. One is the yeah. Devils, yeah. and the other is the Rangers, because uh, we get to play the Mystery Alaska clip that mentions the Rangers and Connor. Yeah, and good. it's good that it was like back to back October to. Oh yeah, Octo yeah, yeah. October. and it's weird they they played the Devils and Rangers early, and then again late. So we got to uh, space them out. So you're uh, you're exactly right. We're getting a lot of one word answers. Yeah, uh, this is going to be uh, good if we can get through all of these uh, at some point. We're only on till midnight, so we will try. Uh, but some really good ones we'll get to uh, as soon as we can. Highlight and low light of the night. We always like to uh, finish on a positive because uh, we are the most positive uh, radio show on the planet. So uh, what is your low light tonight? Yeah, quickly. Try, try not to be so negative. No, Lucic, 7 minutes and 30 seconds. Carl Brodziak, uh, 6.58. Mm. He wasn't the lowest. Josh Curry was. Anyways, my low light of the night, I'm going to go Edmonton Oilers special teams. They did get a power play goal, but they gave up a shorthanded one. And 50% uh, for the Devils on their power plays, two for four. That's the difference in the game for me. So the low light of the night is the special teams by the Edmonton Oilers. All right, uh, highlight of the night, Matt Benning's one-timer uh, for a couple yeah. of reasons. It was a great shot. Uh, Benning now has three points in his last two games. You know who's going to be the who's hot on Saturday for Arctic Chiller. So his one-timer, but it's twofold. Not only was it the, a nice one-timer for his fourth of the season, but it also uh, pushed Connor McDavid to... 100 points. He had 98 coming in, picks up two assists. So on that goal, not only was it a great shot by Benning, just a, a hard one time. Like, he teed it up from the front tees. Like, he was 
he was way in in uh, close for that shot and hammered it home. But it also got McDavid to a hundred points. Yeah, twelve games to go. I think he can easily get fifteen at least. Um, and I think he's now eleven back of uh, Nikita Kucherov. Kucherov's at a one eleven, I think. Yes, I would look at it in NHL.com, but it does literally does not work on this computer for me. Here, I'll I'll get that uh, I'll get that info for you right now, Dean. Um, yeah, yeah, he's at one eleven. Kucherov, I thought was at one eleven. One eleven, and Kane remains at uh, ninety eight. Okay, um, do you have Ken Hitchcock? Okay, so we're we're working on uh, Ken Hitchcock. As we do, we will get to the Boston Pizza inbox. Uh, this says uh, Koskinen wasn't great at all, but if we're going to sk- play the scapegoat game for this deficit, it's got to be Nurse. Well, I I think it was a collection. Um, I thought Clefbaum and Larson were worse than Nurse and Russell. I don't know. What about, what what do you think? I'll agree with that. I, I think the top pairing was the worst pairing tonight, yeah. but I think Larson and Nurse struggled the most. Does that make sense? No. Okay. So I think Larson. Larson oh, as individuals. Yes, you mean, as sorry. individuals. I thought you meant as I was like. I don't think they played together. But no, no. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Nurse and Larson really struggled. And Nurse, we talked about it, you know, in the intermission a lot. He man, does he struggle keeping that puck in at the line? That's oh something goodness. he has to work on. And his passing, for my liking, and for me, I'm a little thrown back about Larson. Like I, his first year in Edmonton, he was so good and. Last year, you can kind of write it off. He had a really tough season, you know, on the personal side mm-hmm. of things. But this season, he's been kind of up and down, but it, more down than up for uh, Adam Larson. And if this is a trend, then uh, I don't know, man. How about this question from Cody? Does the German duo reach 50 this year? Like, it might be dry sidle on his own reaching 50. But do you think dry sidle and Reader will combine for 50 goals? <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, it's... I think they will because I think Drysidle's getting there by himself. Exactly. Yeah. I, I have no faith in Tobias Reader. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to help Drysidle uh, uh, <laughs> no, move me the needle at I all. think he's going to hurt him more than anything. Yeah. No kidding. Okay. So, uh, devilish. That's a, a word that was used. Uh, Blair, we're not reading yours. Uh, hashtag El Diablo. That's pretty good. Typical. Uh, ha- this word is lottery. Uh, undriven. We're talking one word to describe tonight's Oilers loss. Hashtag Hellbound from Roadhammer. Uh, hashtag Oil Kings. <laughs> They'll be in the playoffs for sure. This text says we lost twice to the Devils and twice to the Kings this year. Even if we split those games, we would have four more points. The Oilers just are not ready to compete for the playoffs. Uh, Jensen's word is Soilers. Uh, hashtag Typical. It says, no, the season did not end tonight. It ended last December. That's from Robert. Uh, okay, so this says one word to describe, but I've never heard this word. I don't want to be like low tide and start talking about something that is on like the Urban Dictionary in a bad way. You know what I mean? Like when he was <laughs> talking about uh, pegging in crib and people took it a different way. <laughs> Uh, so I don't want to read this word because I don't know what it is. So um, I might look it up, but I'm scared. Hashtag when is the lottery? Uh, horror awful as a word coming in. Typical. Uh, one word, Oilers, as in they went full Oilers tonight from James. 
Disaster, cringeworthy, embarrassing, historic, disappointing, shameful, disappointing again, more embarrassing, castrating. I, I, I guess their playoff hopes could have been castrated tonight. Uh, Horror awful again. Embarrassing, but emphasizing the ASS in embarrassing. Uh, obvious lottery. Crap factory. Befuddling. Man. Wolf coming in. Like, that's a, a pretty accurate one as well. Uh, this says, it has come full circle. The Oilers are a Mickey Mouse franchise. Ice a bad product in spite of their good fortune. While other teams have legitimate excuses, injuries, anyone overachieving via effort. Stick a fork in them. They are done. Bogus, train wreck, pathetic. All these being described for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. And it's interesting. On the pregame warm-up tonight, we asked about that Mickey Mouse franchise comment from Wayne Gretzky. Uh, that game was played in November of 1983. We asked what, wh- how many points did Gretzky and Curry have combined in that game? The answer is 14. Uh, Gretzky had his first eight-point game. Curry had six, five of them goals. And now tonight is somebody else's calling. It's the Oilers that are the Mickey Mouse operation. And when you look at the last 12 years of history, can you argue with them? No, not at all. All right. When we come back, Tom Gazzola took this one in uh, downtown Edmonton. Uh, We will chat with him about the Oilers' playoff hopes. Maybe get one word for him to describe this game. And uh, we'll ask him about, you know, was it 50% Koskinen, 50% team? Is it more on the goalie than the team tonight? We'll talk with Tommy G when we come back. Our question of the night is, are the Oilers' playoff hopes done? And we're all also asking you for one word to describe the Oilers' effort tonight. Uh, this is two words, but I like it. It says, tea time. As in, on April 7th, they could be on the golf course. This is the Don Wheaton on White postgame show. Your dealer for Cadillac, Buick, Chevrolet, and GMC on TSN 1260 Edmonton's Sports Leader. All right, uh, 20 past 11 on uh, TSN 1260 Edmonton's Sports Leader. This is the Don Wheaton on White postgame show. Your dealer for Cadillac, Buick, Chevrolet, and GMC. Our question of the night, as the Oilers lose 6-3 to the New Jersey Devils, was tonight the end of the Oilers' playoff run? Bonus question, one word to describe tonight's game. All right, let's bring in, oh, actually, uh, are you still talking to uh, Gazzola? Well, that's not, no, 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 no. What's going on with the phone then? Oh, let me double check. All righty. That's why I thought you were still talking with him because it does not look like that is a call. No, I just double click the hold and it locks the call. And I didn't notice that. I apologize. Like it's not bad enough. I got to talk about the Oilers blowing it. You're like you're you're throwing like uh, oil slicks down on me uh, here. It's like that game Pitfall or something like that. All right, let's bring in uh, Tom Gazzola. Our uh, question of the night, uh, was this the end of the Oilers' playoff hopes? Text us at 10-12-60. Also, one word to describe tonight's game. Uh, Tom, one word from you to describe what you witnessed tonight. Ooh, sloppy. Sloppy, Dino. 
just not uh, sloppy would be the word I would use to describe that one. And and what was the other part? Is this it for them? Yeah, is there are their playoff hopes dashed after tonight? Yeah, and and listen, I've been I've been pumping the drum on uh, them being done since that three game Eastern Conference trip where they lost to Carolina, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and the Islanders. That I mean. On, on your show, that's what I've been saying to Hernan all along, and, and I know they keep coming coming back from the dead, basically, but I think they've been toast for, you know, the better part of three or four weeks here. Yeah, I like, listen, tonight, you had a, a New Jersey Devil team that played last night and got pounded that is, you know, probably mentally mailed it in for the most part. They have all kinds of injuries, all kinds of AHL players on their team. Um, you know, I thought the Oilers in the final 13 games probably had to go 10-2-1 maybe or maybe 10-3-1 and one, uh, yeah. or something like that effect. They just could not – they simply could not afford to burn one of those few losses they have left on this roster. No offense to the Devils, but there's no they, – they, they couldn't afford to do that tonight. And it's funny because it, it didn't seem like the Oilers really tried to step on the gas – Maybe a little bit in the third period, they seemed to pick it up where they were kind of, they were hitting, they were creating chances, they were just throwing pucks at the net, trying to create chaos. But the rest of the game, it was almost like they were just sitting back and waiting. And I know the Devils, you know, block a ton of shots and they, they get in lanes and all of that, but I don't know. Like, there was all kinds of weird ricochets. The Oilers had a couple of posts, but despite that, they really didn't do any favors for themselves in that game to to sway the momentum. Maybe, like I said, in, in that five, six-minute span in the third period where it looked like there was some urgency finally, and ultimately, I mean, it didn't matter anyway because they couldn't score a goal when push came to shove in the third period, and their power play wasn't doing them any favors either. And, like, it was just one thing after another. The, the you know, shorthanded goal in, in that third period just summed it up. And then not only that, but their first goal was right after a terrible or Oilers power play too. And it was just, it wasn't even a domino effect. It was just a consistent sloppy effort overall for that team outside of maybe five or six minutes. Yeah, you mentioned block shots. 23 block shots for the uh, New Jersey Devils, according to uh, NHL.com tonight. The, the problem, uh, the thing I wondered about, and I, and I guess one of the problems I have is, um, you know, Milan Lucic returns from a couple of games uh, out of the lineup, gets into uh, just a ridiculously good fight. Like, oh, if, yeah. if you like fights, then you need to go back and watch <laughs> that because I think it lasted like two minutes or something. It was just slop. It was a great fight. Oh, yeah. And they didn't seem to get any boost out of it. You mentioned they got a uh, power play. The one chance they had was chase on, and it was in between his legs. I mean, I don't know how, uh, you know, a, a veteran like Milan Lucic, who, let's face it, has uh, really tailed off offensively, but goes out and, and gets into that fight – and and the, it's like the Oilers didn't even seem to notice. That fight was epic, you know. I mean, I was just thankful that the linesman didn't step in. And this is kind of an aside, but it's really starting to irritate me the way the linesmen are stepping into all these fights. And I know they say it's to prevent injury, but all it's doing is it's hindering one guy from protecting himself. Happened to Darnell Nurse in Long Island uh, when he fought Anders Lee. And, and it's happened around the league. And, and it's just, it was nice to see them let two guys just go toe to toe. And when they were done, they basically uh, told the linesmen that they were done. So that was, you're right, 
that that was an epic tilt. And if you are the Oilers, you got to jump on that. And that's a veteran guy saying, "Okay, let's go." And that's that's where you need to, you know, put the pedal to the metal and just start dictating the game. Especially given the fact that New Jersey is so bad on the road. Especially given the fact that they got destroyed. And considering that third period in Calgary last mm-hmm. night was just an epic collapse, like that moment, you're right, was a defining moment in the game. And a, a good team or a, a consistent team, a veteran a veteran team, I suppose, just takes that and runs with it instead of just going in, being tapping the boards and going, hey, that was nice, and then going into a malaise. And that's what the Oilers did. And it's been something that has killed them consistently at these last two seasons that own the moment. They can't own the moment. And, and this was uh, example A in a, in a prime opportunity. And uh, they just, they've, they failed and they showed us what, what, uh, what they lack and how far they are truly away from being a really, really respectable team in this league. Tom Gazzola from uh, TSN and TSN 1260 joining us here on the Don Wheaton on White uh, post-game show. Oilers lose 6-3. You have been around this team. How long were you around the team for? Eight years? Eight years with the team and then three years prior. Yeah, this is like my 13th year covering this team, Dino. It's... I've, I've watched, watched a lot of bad hockey. Yeah, but so you were like really close to this team for eight years, uh, you know, working for that yeah, yeah. organization. Oh, yeah. Um, you, I'd imagine, you know, last year uh, you would have saw, and, and some of the the other years, not the, the playoff year, you would have saw some death marches, um, you know, down the stretch for this team. But it, it really seemed like in the last little while – that that this team really had faith and belief in themselves, and I'm and imagine you could tell the difference of, of of what last year was like to what this year has been like in the last couple of weeks. A hundred percent, and especially considering some of those death marches, I, you were around this team too, obviously that we witnessed, you know, four or five years ago. The mm-hmm. Dallas Aikens years were just horrendous. Um, I guess you could say the Ralph Kruger year they had they were in eighth with ten games to go, and right. then they won one of the next ten. So. Um, that that kind of gave them a little bit of hope, but you're right. Like there was, there was a, in this last seven two and two stretch before tonight's loss. I think you could legitimately say that they were really starting to to climb that mountain and whatever other cliche you want to use. But it was legitimate. And you look at what Chicago did tonight, uh, and then they were neck and neck with the Oilers going into tonight's action, and. Uh, yeah, you start to get that, that sense and energy that this could actually be something in these last 13 games. And and now that game tonight seemed like a dagger because had they won tonight, like we all expected them to and anticipated them doing, you look at Anaheim taking on Arizona tomorrow night. What if the Coyotes drop that one for whatever reason? Right. And then it's the Oilers and Coyotes Saturday night in the desert and that could be a swing game. You know, they would, if, if this hypothetical situation were to have played out, that would have been, the Oilers would have been four points back with a back-to-back situation, climb to within two if they were to win in Arizona, and then they would have Vegas the next night, another tough building against a really good team. But for whatever reason, the Oilers seem to get up against the Golden Knights, and then that would turn Tuesday's game in St. Louis into this, you know, pivotal game crucial the Oilers would be on the bubble of a playoff spot 
instead we're you know five days earlier talking about how a, one of the worst teams in the league embarrassed the Oilers and um, so it, it kind of you know burst the balloon a little bit it's when I don't think we're in the same type of death march that we've witnessed in recent right. years but but it this loss kind of shifts it back into that direction. Tom Gazzola from TSN and TSN at 1260 joining us here on the Don Wheaton on White post-game show. Um, I, I know you played hockey. I don't know how much defense or how much uh, playing the point on the power play you did, but we're getting a, a lot of complaints about Darnell Nurse's inability to keep the puck in at the blue line. And that's why I ask. I don't know if you played defense because I, I played goal my whole life. I've never had to keep a puck in at the blue line. I don't know if it's a hard skill to learn, but it's a it's something that Darnell Nurse uh, seems to have trouble with. Yeah, I, he bobbled a couple of pucks, and I I, I was a chirp, chirpy little forward that uh, ran my mouth because I had six foot Good seven job. wingers on my left side, yeah, and my right side. So I would run my mouth, and uh, they would do all the heavy lifting when it came down to push uh, push and shove. Um, so, like, I would end up on the on the point at times because I would play the half wall. You know, think of, like, Doug Waite back in the day or, uh, you know, on the McDavid side, if you will, just to simplify things. And, yeah, I'd end up there at times. But especially on your backhand, it's tough to, to keep in because you got to kind of contort your body a little bit. But these guys are pros, and, and, you know, they've been doing it all their lives. But I go back to what I said. There were some weird bounces and ricochets in this game all night long, and it just seemed like there were no true bounces tonight. Like, everything seemed to go off of one or two legs or sticks, or uh, the puck seemed to bobble here and there. So, you know, did Darnell, did Darnell Nurse kind of have a few instances where, yeah, he probably should have kept a puck or two in? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, I wouldn't hang it on him and say get him off of there because he's contributed more than he's, uh, um, you know, done negatively for that power play this year. And it's going to happen. And tonight was one of those nights where, yeah, the team played bad, but they weren't getting any bounces either, which, you know, was a first in this little stretch here where they played well. But this is not the first time we've been talking about this with Darnell. No. Like this, this is unfortunately, um, you know, whether it's like a, a a big problem or fans just pick it out as a problem. Uh, right. We we receive these, and and I'm sure you've seen them when you've uh, sat in this chair. Um, you know, it frustrates fans um, when when that happens because it's like, wow, it's it doesn't seem like that should be that hard of it. I like I don't see the other Oiler defensemen struggling with it as much as we seem to see Nurse doing it. And like I said, maybe I'm just focused on it uh, because of tonight, but it does seem like it does happen to him more often than other guys. And that's fair, Dino. And you know what? Maybe if it gets to a certain point where it's costing the team, the coaches say, all right, we're going to take him off that, that point position and we're going to make him work on it. And that's the, the beautiful thing about, uh, especially the pro level, is they can actually work on that stuff mm-hmm. and he can figure it out. It's like, I mean, it's like face-offs, you know? Sure. How do guys get good at face-offs? Well, they practice. Is it a sexy thing to do in practice? No. Is it necessary? Yes. Do guys make their livelihoods off of it? Absolutely. And it's maybe it's one of those things. It's like uh, walking the line, too, or mm-hmm. uh, all of that. Or, yeah, like one-timers. Yeah. Uh, stutter, like a stutter step to get a puck through, you know, just changing the angle. Yep. It's It's one of those mundane things that, you can truly just work on and improve on. And uh, perhaps, you know, and to the fans' credit, they're watching just as we are. 
maybe Darnell needs to take a step back and work on it. And uh, then, you know, next season we're not talking about the same instances and situations, but it's 100% something that could probably be corrected. Yeah, like, like it's not happening like seven times a game, but it did, does. It gets magnified, especially when they lose and it happens. Uh, okay, so final question for you, Tom. Uh, tonight, the Oilers go one for five on the power play and give up a shorthanded goal. Uh, Jersey, who was one for 28 in their previous 11 games before tonight on the power play, they go two for four. Which was worse, the power play or the penalty kill? Well, I'll throw in the Devils' first goal, too, where Augustino scored like right how, after yeah. that. So I think the power play really sunk them. And, and it just, it, they have the one power play that they did score on. They had a couple of posts on it and, and they were really humming on it. And then chase on finally scored, but it just, it, it didn't. That's the other thing too, is like a power play. Even if you don't score on it, it should still give you some momentum. Yep. And they're not getting momentum off of any of these power plays. And when you got five opportunities like that, like, you got to get something out of it. And when, when your power play scores once on five opportunities and essentially co- coughs up two shorties, I think it sunk you more than, more than the PK did. Good stuff, Tom. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. And uh, we'll see uh, if uh, next week uh, we're still talking about this team being in the, in the playoffs. They're going to need uh, two magical efforts uh, this weekend. Thanks so much for joining oh. us tonight. Magical indeed, Dino. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, there's Tom Gazzola, who uh, sometimes uh, sits in this chair when am I on vacation or uh, ill, and he fills in uh, quite admirably. So we appreciate his time coming onto the show tonight. Um, yeah, Listen, I'm not sitting, sitting there saying Darnell Nurse can't ever keep a puck in at the blue line. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But I think I, I notice him not being able to do it more often than I notice the other guys. And again, that could be just because I'm zeroed in on that. and Maybe I'm watching for it. Maybe I'm not watching the other guys as closely for that. Uh, I like a lot of things that Darnell Nurse does. That's not one of them. Yeah, I think next game I'm going to keep a track of, yeah, we, of the times good, yeah. and uh, how many times Chris Russell hits it off the glass and out because he, that's an art for Chris Russell, man. Like, he rarely makes a pass out of the zone. So I'm going to track both those things. But in all seriousness, like, Darnell Ellers is a good defenseman. He's going to be a good one for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, but still, he has to work on a lot of parts of this game. One's holding the puck in the line. One is passing. Mm-hmm. He struggles at passing. Yeah. And then skates you mentioned really well. Skates really well. And maybe too many minutes this season. I now, think so, yeah. Yeah. So maybe you have to bring him back a little bit, but there is room for improvement. And like Tom said, the only way to get better at that is practice. If uh, if you don't work on that during games, then I mean during practice, you're never gonna get better at it. Uh, Martin, with a uh, a kind of a, a really interesting thought here, uh, he's one of our uh, regular texters. He says to use the golf analogy, I think Nurse peaks too much. So you know, maybe in uh, in golf, you're you're lifting. They they say you lift your head up sometimes because you want to see where the ball's going or whatever. Uh, maybe Nurse is like looking too far ahead into the play or something and not you know watching the puck into a stick. I'm not really sure. But just watch. Chris, I remember Chris Pronger in his year here. He was, I mean, different different yeah. uh, skill sets we're Our talking about. trophy winner, right? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, when he was on the power player, just holding the, like, he'd use any part of his body to stop the puck mm-hmm. from getting out. Like, and I feel like the players now, all they want to do is hit it down with their stick. Why? You know what I mean? I understand if it's a rocket rim around. Like, obviously, you're not going to put your hand in front of that and all that. But some are, 
sometimes when we're looking at it, it's just it's it's a soft pass, and all you have to do is just maybe put your hand on it, put get your body in front of it. But it's it's always trying to take a whack at it with the stick, and it's it's probably the hardest thing to do when you're at that line trying to hold the puck in. So, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't mean to compare, but I, I it's just I've seen really really good defensemen keep that puck in. So. It's just practice, I guess, and or maybe not. Maybe it's just not a skill he's good at, Dean. Yeah, and there was another play tonight where I think was it Clefbaum, and he was kind of. It was a bit of a more of an awkward play. He was trying to jump, yeah, and knock the puck. Down. It might have been on the first goal. I can't remember. That is a little bit different. Uh, you know, when the puck's up in the air and it goes over you, uh, it's a little bit more of a a tough break. All right, uh, Ken Hitchcock obviously couldn't have been happy. After this one, we will hear from the Oilers head coach when we return. Final segment of the Don Wheaton on White post-game show coming up. Hear from Hitch on TSN 1260 Edmonton's Sports Leader.